back, folks. Cody here, joined with Sam, and we're here to do uh, an instant reaction. Not not super instant, but uh, we just want to do kind of a quick hitting 30-minute or less podcast where we cover the key takeaways from the game. We'll be back on, I think, Tuesday evening uh, for a show we'll release month, uh, Wednesday morning uh, where Ben will join us. He was actually at the game in College Station uh, in that atmosphere. We'd love to get his feedback on how that went, what it was like, how it compares to, to Clemson. Um, but right now, we just want to, again, just uh, we've gotten a lot of questions from some of our followers in the last 24, 12 to 24 hours, and um, and they have questions, and it sounds like a lot of people are pretty, I don't know, pretty, it sounds like it's mostly negative. That seems to be the kind of collective mindset right now from Clemson fans. I think Sam and I will have a little bit of a brighter outlook, but before we get into any of the specific takeaways, Sam... I think it's important we put this game into some historical context because we've had some really great out-of-conference games. And I was I, we were talking about this last night, but I, I asked you, what game does this most remind you of over the last, I don't know, like three to five years, we'll say? Yeah, uh, my first reaction last night was the Notre Dame game from 2015 in the rain, um, partly because it was a late-second win uh, and the conditions were crappy and it was just a really intense game. Uh, but I went back and actually looked at some of the stats and, and did a short rewatch, sped my way through the Notre Dame game. And this game was eerily similar to the Notre Dame game in 2015. Uh, we won with a last-minute score by the other team after a huge comeback on their part, stopped them on a two-point conversion to win the game by two. Um, we had multiple crazy quarterback performances against us, Deshaun Kaiser for Notre Dame, Kellen Mond last night. Uh, we had a bunch of big plays from the defense, blocked field goals, turnovers on both in both games, lots of turnovers in the, the Notre Dame game. Uh, and it was just going through the rewatch was it was kind of crazy how similar the flow of the game was. We got up early. The, the score at halftime was 14-3 in both games. Uh, we ended up up about two big scores uh, late in the game and fourth quarter comebacks by the other team. They just the parallels were heavy. No, I think I think you hit it on the head. That was the game that came to mind for me. Uh, I think in general, over the last several years, all of these out of conference games have really served to benefit Clemson, the brand. We it's a little bit closer than we would have liked, but man, think back to the Georgia game at home, uh, Taj Boyd's senior year. Think back to just uh, Auburn game last year. Yep. Again, mm-hmm. not great, uh, not the best form of football, but man, uh, a close game. And I and I even though. It wasn't the perfect, didn't play out perfectly the way we wanted it. It's something we're going to remember Absolutely. 10, 20 years ago. Remember, Absolutely. remember Dabo's run, you know, like, you remember the, the Texas A&M game? Like, we're, we'll remember it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's first pass. Mm-hmm. But let's let's get into the takeaways from the game. And I guess I asked you if you were writing a, a piece on this, if you're a sports journalist, what's your, what's your number one narrative? Yeah, I think uh, you told me to, to come up with a headline if I had to, to write one, and I think it's Tigers stumble, hold on against the Aggies. Um, we did not play our best game. The third quarter especially, we, we looked pretty weak. Fourth quarter, obviously, Kellen Mond went out of his mind and, and helped them take a, a huge step and, and come back and get that game really close. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway for the game is that we got outplayed and managed to win the game. Um, that's what gritty championship caliber level teams do when they face tough challenges. The ability to win against a strong team under adverse conditions when we're not at our best, it speaks very highly for this team's future. 
Um, I think it's going to be one of our biggest tests this year. Obviously, if Mon plays like that, he's going to be a Heisman candidate. <laughs> and uh, he could be the best quarterback that we face all year. Kyle Field was loud as hell. I'm sure Ben will, will tell us all about that when we talk with him next week. Um, their receiver, Kendrick Rogers, was insane. He had seven catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns, one broken spine. That didn't seem to stop him at all. <laughs> yep. um, they gave us everything they had, and it was a ton, and we managed to hold on for the win. Huge game for Kelly, confidence-wise, uh, stepping up and helping us pull that out. It was, uh, I think, the, the perseverance and the grit that we showed last night is really my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I come out a little bit positive, too. And if I were looking at this not as a Clemson fan or a Texas – well, you could say, hey, if this was a Texas A&M podcast, what were the biggest takeaways? And it, it would be the same for me. It was Kellen Mond was unbelievable. You talked about how well he performed, Heisman level. It was indeed Heisman level. He had an 83.6 QBR. That is the highest QBR by a quarterback since Jameis Winston in 2013. If you remember that game, we lost by quite a quite a hefty margin. And that just shows you how, you know, how, you remember how good Winston was that night. Think about how great Mon was. And, and you know, I, I don't, I think of it too as this is a lot of what Texas A&M was able to do at home, capitalize on the moment. It's important and this is kind of Clemson fans are just glossing over this, but Jimbo Fisher has played against Clemson and this particular team for two, three years in a row now. He knows our habits. He knows what we like to do offensively and defensively. We had nothing on him. He even We know he's pro style, but yeah. he brings in this spread personnel. We had no idea what they were going to throw out. We had no idea how Kelamon would respond in getting hit as he's, as he's passing. And that happened quite a few times. Bounce back. He... <clears throat> Deshaun Watson was his idol. He he did his own Deshaun Watson uh, impersonation. So I'm with you. Clemson stumbles, but hey, compared to 2013, like we win a game. Absolutely. Where, where you get that kind of level of performance from the quarterback. Um, let's talk about some of the the negatives and you know maybe some of the criticism that that the fans are we the, the questions I've I've received and or we've received and maybe address those. So what, like what if you have a negative. For Clemson from this game, what what would that be? Uh, I think obviously the the defense in the second half we were getting slashed through the middle consistently, and I think the the scheme I don't know if it's the scheme or the communication issues that are the biggest factor in that. Uh, but there were multiple times where two guys needed to split coverage on two receivers, and they both went to one, or they didn't make the read in time, or they were a step slow getting there when they needed to make the play. Um, so I think that. The communication on D, it didn't look sharp throughout the game. So I think that's one of the bigger issues. Uh, obviously, the offensive line play was not stellar last night. We didn't make a ton of holes for, for Kelly or for um, for ETN. And there's you know there's there's lots of room for improvement. Um, but we saw some really incredible plays last night as well. So there's uh, while there's negatives, I think there's a lot of positives as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite clear. You could say that the safety play was is certainly a problem. Uh, cornerbacks were good, not great. Um, Denzel Johnson went in. Uh, he was kind of getting subbed out for uh, for Tanner Muse at, at the weak side safety position. And you could tell like, he was in his zone. He wouldn't come up in that zone. Uh, he just play, I mean, playing like a guy that's in the bright lights for the first time. Yeah, conservative. Know, very conservative. Trying not to screw up the game. And it's like, you know, credit to, again, credit to A&M, credit to Mond and, and Fisher. They circled him. They saw him. They knew he was a little bit green and a little bit conservative, and they attacked him, and good for them. I would say the defensive line for Clemson showed out. They're everything we thought they were. We yeah. know what we kind of know what they were. 
we don't win this game if they don't come back to school, quite frankly, because they were erasing. It was like chunk play and then yeah. tackle for Six yard loss. Chunk play, yeah, yeah uh-huh. over and over. So I, I tend to, I don't know, I tend to take that as a positive. They were great. We're going to figure some things out on in the safety as the season progresses. Um, my takeaway if, and, 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 uh, in the way of negatives is a little bit of the conservative approach. Mm-hmm. and With the play calling? With the play calling, yeah. And it, it's when you're up and you have a chance to kind of just put your, your foot on the pedal, go for the jugular, I think you need to take it. And I'm starting to think of the last few years where we've gone into conservative mode, and I think we were thinking about it the wrong way. We were thinking about it in terms of because our defense is so good, it affords us affords us the chance to not take risks. And I think that's the I think the, the opposite is true. Because our defense is so good, it affords us the chance to take risks. Yeah. And something happened to Kelly Bryant there in the second half. I don't know if you want to touch on what you thought about the quarterbacks, but he came out and man, when he got aggressive, it was it was a version of him I haven't seen. Yeah, he was incredible in the second half. Um, obviously Trevor came out and started the second half for us, had two series in a row where we really didn't do much. And then Kelly came out and looked like a player who could lead us to a lot of wins this year. Um, I think something that I took away from last night as well was not any different perceptions of the players on the team necessarily, but a stronger understanding of, of where their strengths and, and weaknesses lie. Um, we we have players on this team that have a ton of potential, and I think we're going to see some inconsistency early in the season. Hopefully, we can iron that out as the season moves on. Uh, but players like Amari Rogers, who had multiple slips and falls, but he also had multiple huge chunk plays for us last night. A guy, a freshman like Denzel Johnson, who made that incredible uh, pass defense, and then was oh, iffy. He's, he's actually a junior. Is he really? Yeah, but he, he kind of played like a freshman. In he, terms played, of, he looked like he a freshman last much. night. He hasn't yeah. played much. So yeah. a guy who's just getting his first reps really in big-time games. Um, you know, he, he made an incredible play uh, down in the red zone at one point, but he also missed a lot of coverage calls and, you know, made some, some late tackles and stuff like that. Kelly Bryant looked iffy early on, uh, looked iffy against Furman, but in that second half, he looked incredible. Um, and he looked like he wasn't going to give this job up for anything. He wants to win with this team. Uh, and that was something, like you said, he looked more fiery than we've seen him. So, uh, I'm excited about where this team's highs can go. Uh, hopefully we can iron out the, uh, the misses during the season and keep them to a minimum. Yeah, I go, I agree with you, uh, for Kelly Bryant, his, his kind of comment or when he came in after I guess, I don't know if you call it benched or what I don't know what happened there, um, but he was it was inspiring. He was aggressive. He was he played uh, like I haven't seen it before. And I don't know it's you can say play calling or I don't know whose decision it is to ultimately go to the read that's like that's the that's the deep route. But I, I think you could say why why go, why be aggressive and, and risk the game in certain matchups as we go on the season. And I would contend that. You're you're creating bad habits, and absolutely, you could say it's the Clemson way. It's how you know Clemson. Well, it might work against all of our opponents, but when you play Bama or Georgia or Ohio State, you can't hope the defense is going to bail you out. So you have to start creating these habits in my my mind of aggression and of being the aggressor on offense. And 
maybe Kelly Bryant has more in them than we realized. And we'll see over a larger sample if that is that is true. Yeah, we were talking about it last night uh, as Venables and Dabo were talking about it at the same time about whether or not we should go for it uh, on the goal line on fourth down. And we came to the conclusion, I think, right as they did, that it, it was really necessary to try and go for that and get the points, uh, not just the three, but go for the touchdown. And we went for it. Kelly fumbled the snap. It didn't work out, but, you know, I think that aggression is something that we have to, like you said, we have to practice that and know that while we can rely on the defense to back us up, if we fail like we did, um, the offense is going to have to carry the load sometimes as well. So, And honestly, it, it probably shouldn't have to carry the load. It's just got to look, you can't let the, the defense, you can't let it can't leave crunch. it on the field. Yeah. Right. So. I think we agree and we're kind of turning some negatives into positives, but I really, 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 like, I don't care about, uh, I'm not like a fanboy in the way of, I want ESPN to prop us up and give us credit. I mean, I think we all cared about that when we were like new money, sure, new money Clemson back in 13 or 14. But now it's like, do you really care if, if we won with style points? Um, or do you care that you saw enough in this team to maybe win a championship? And I, I think I did. I think the defense looks damn good. I think they, the win will age really well because I don't think Kellen Mons, I think so too. I, that you can't like the, the way he played, the, the passes he made, kept, kept his eyes downfield, was just absolutely incredible. Um, we'll see how he does against Bam in two weeks. But let's talk about just a couple of key highlights in terms of like the positives. What, what do you have? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me was was Kelly's performance in the second half. Um, we have a ton of playmakers. We knew that already. Um, it was really just a question of who's going to be the player that's going to step up to lead this team. And it may not be Kelly all year, but last night it definitely was. And it will be for the foreseeable future until Trevor can do something like Kelly did last night. Um, so I think they're both very capable quarterbacks. Uh, the first half when, when Trevor was making throws, it looks different coming out of his hand. You've heard that all off season, you know, but seeing it in a live game, the throw to, uh, to tee for the touchdown was just a line out to the, the sideline and just on a laser. Um, but I think Kelly coming up huge in the second half is great for this team. Uh, we need him to be a leader on the team, whether he's making the throws or backing up Trevor. And I think he's going to be that guy to lead the team. He's, he's going to be a, a, a leader in the locker room for us. Yeah, we'll see. I I don't want to make. I just want to. I guess give Bryant his his credit because he deserves it. It might be. I think it's his most uh, inspiring, uh, the best game of his career. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could put Miami into that conversation. But what he did uh, in the second half was, uh, again, I, I haven't seen him that that gear, and I'd like to see that going forward. But I'm not going to make any uh, kind of presumptions on what will happen with the quarterback battle going forward. I will say on second watch when I saw Lawrence in there. Uh, they were throwing a lot more pressure at him. They, Absolutely. They were not afraid of his legs, his ability to run, or lack thereof. So it was a little bit of a different feel. The the crowd, the atmosphere clearly was getting was bothering uh, him, I guess, in terms of the like, mm-hmm. snap count. There were a few mm-hmm. botches there. And his overall performance, all things considered, wasn't that bad. Uh, and I was actually quite pleased. He made yeah. a couple of bad passes. But uh, I think the, the big thing with, with him is you can't have, like, the one dud – but also, I've seen I think at least two times now, maybe three. When it's third and sixteen, it was you got to give Lawrence the chance to 
make the that's, throw. That's absolutely. Key. 16 yards is easy for him. Like, mm-hmm. understand your personnel. Like, quit handing it off and conceding the whole series because it's third and 16. Yep. You're going to throw interceptions. But what's the alternative to throwing interceptions? Like, a pun. Yeah. It's, it's if a, we're throwing the ball 20 yards down the field, it's not that much different than punting the ball 40 yards down the field. You know, uh, if and it gives us a much better chance to actually get the first down. So I agree. The play calling, especially on second and third and long with Trevor in the game, was very conservative. And I totally get it. If the coaches are trying to ease him into the playbook, he's only been here for a limited amount of time. He doesn't know all of it yet. But we have the pieces. T. Higgins is a beast. Amari Rogers is insanely fast and has glue on his gloves. Uh, Hunter Renfro, obviously, can can do no wrong in the eyes of Tiger fans. Um, he almost has, had a touchdown pass there. He did. If Kelly was a better receiver, he might have. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, you know, let let the quarterbacks play a little bit. Let them, let them test out these toys that we have for them and uh, let them throw the ball. You can definitely say that, and this is rare, I think usually when you do the two-quarterback system, it diminishes – both quarterbacks to some degree because they can't have flow. They don't build up their confidence. Maybe there's a little bitterness and resentment. They're human after all. This actually elevated maybe both quarterbacks play um, having this competition. And certainly you could say that for Bryant. So yep. maybe this is just what we'll do the rest of the season. And I, I'm okay with it. I'm, what I saw from Bryant, uh, his leadership, his his moxie, like, let's just stick with it. Um, in the way of positives, we have to talk about T. Higgins. Absolutely, we, we knew. I, I said in the pregame or the you know the preview show, we knew he was good. I think he's a little bit better than the other receivers on the team, and maybe in college football, he's. I think he is. I think he demonstrated that on Saturday night. Um, I think if I had to do another, Amari Rogers is easy. You've already mentioned him. Upgrades on both sides at the boundary and the the field, the two and the nine. And um, I'm trying to think. Etienne's good. Uh, maybe this is, is part of a, a negative. We not sure why we were content to spread the ball through screen passes. Yeah, I know we do it to open up other things in the offense. It's not. It's not. It's kind of a throwaway. It's a pitcher making the inside high and uh, high and tight fastball so they can mm-hmm. go with the off speed or whatever on the other side of the plate. That's why we do the screen passes sometimes. But at some point, I think there's too much offensive talent to really have "quote unquote" throwaway plays. Yeah, like you're you're give missing a, a chance, chance to yeah. give a ball to Etienne and he can take it to the house. Yeah, I think we need to feed him the ball a little bit more. We had uh, not very many carries. He led the team in carries last night, um, but he still only had, I think, eight touches, uh, eleven or eleven total with with three catches, but. Eight carries for, for Travis Etienne is not enough. Kelly Bryant took, took the ball 15 times. So um, if we can convert some of those scramble plays uh, or design runs for Kelly into handoffs for Travis, he's extremely explosive. You know, If he touches the ball 15 times a game, one of those is going to go for 40-plus. And uh, I think we just need to let him do his thing a little bit more. So I love that we're trusting Kelly and he's he's – he took us to the house last night and he won the game for us, but let the weapons do what they're designed to do. Yeah. And, and I'm, I could, I think the book's out about the book is out on us in terms of the screen passes. We know the, uh, the, We're the doing it for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. They, they know, they know the looks, they know the formations. They know Kelly's manner, mannerisms, 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 mannerisms. Yeah. It's uh, we, we uh, went a little bit hard last night. It was, it was a nail, you know, no I'm, su- I'm surprised I can talk today. Yeah, uh, thoughts are not coming easy. But 
Um, but they, they know that kind of the books out on him and, and on the way of screen passes and uh, a, a, a question that we received earlier today was why is Hunter Renfro not more involved in the offense? Uh, and I, I said, there's two parts in that. And one was the, well, the two wide receivers next to him are, are really good, better than last year. And the other part is everyone knows about like these curl or slant routes, five, 10 yards downfield. Furman almost picked off a few. Alabama certainly had uh, had their game plan ready for it, and I think other other opponents do as well. Yeah, and I think the the plays where Hunter did get involved last night, we had a, a play where he went deep and made a great catch. Using him in different ways is the way that we're going to have to work him in because he is Mr. Reliable. He does the same thing all the time. He runs those little slant routes, um, and he his hands, he catches everything, you know? So I think... Their defenses are going to load up on him. Uh, they're not going to let him do what he wants. They're going to beat him up and, and knock him around. And we have the other weapons to throw to to help give him a little bit more space. And if we change up the scheme a little bit and try some different routes with different guys and uh, send him deep or, or have T come short on an in route or a slant, you know, changing up the approach is, is something that we'll probably have to do throughout the season because, like you said, the book is out. People know what the game plan is. That's right. And there's certain things you can game plan, or I should say there's certain things you can conceal and there's a reason to conceal it. Maybe that, that, you know, that gimmick play where Hunter Renfro throws the pass to Bryant. But sometimes when you have a matchup and this is, let's say it's in basketball there, you can all, I mean, you have an advantage. It's almost like it's okay to show that advantage. And that could be a one-on-one, you know, could be um, passes down the sidelines to T Higgins or, uh, it could just be anything really in the passing game where you have a guy that's going to win a one-on-one matchup. Put it on film. There's not a damn thing an, an opponent's going to be able to do to game. Yeah. You can't game plan if, if to defend balls, T. Higgins. A throw. There's nothing that anyone can do about it. Right. So it's just it's it, there's a huge opportunity cost. So you said what's there's you're mitigating risk, but there's risk and not taking risk. Either way, there's a risk and uh, and there are huge opportunity costs when you're doing those darn screen passes. Anyhow, so Sam, maybe I don't think I'm I don't think I'm missing any narratives here. If you could think of any, let me know. But I, I guess the question I had to close out was: Is there is there anything about this game that makes you feel any differently than you did coming in about Clemson? I don't think so. Um, obviously, we all expected a better score outcome last night. Uh, I personally, we do our picks every week. I I picked us to win forty-one to ten last night. I expected it to be close early on and for us to pull away late, sort of like the South Carolina-Georgia game yesterday. That's more the game that I expected to see yesterday. Uh, I didn't see Kellen Mond coming. So I think his exemplary performance was the takeaway from the AM side last night. And our defense still looked incredible. The line was unstoppable. They were pressuring, getting held left and right beat the crap out of Mon the whole game and he still had 400 plus yards passing and three touchdowns. Um, so I, I don't think my, my perception of the team has changed really much at all. I think last night gave us a lot of things to work on. We know where some of the holes are now and we thank A&M and Jimbo for, for pointing them out to us. Uh, hopefully the coaches can take that back to the team and help us grow and get better and come out ready for Georgia Southern and all the other matchups we have the rest of the season. The learning moments, as the coaches will say, and they say it all the time, it gets kind of tiring hearing it, but it's certainly, there's there's some things we need to work on, particularly the secondary, 
uh, in, interior blocking. Um, there's there's some there's some teaching moments that maybe that's the maybe that's the phrase. Uh, one thing I want to touch on that we would be if we missed this, people will be really mad. Is the the play in the end zone and the A and M fans are really they feel like they got hosed. They it's a bad rule, but there's a difference Agreed. between a bad rule and, and a bad, bad call. call. And yeah. it was a questionable call. But it's a bad rule. And by the way, if you want to play like the luck game, that was a huge stroke of bad luck for AM. Absolutely. But if you're an AM fan, like what do you call all of those things? Yeah, especially going that on? last touchdown for Rodgers in the end zone where Kavon practically intercepted it I mean, and then he caught it. At one point, I, mean, I thought God was not on our side and he was an Aggie fan. Yeah, I think uh, on that play in the end zone with the fumble out the side of the end zone, first of all, cheers to Kavon Wallace for tracking that play down and and attacking the ball. Um, he was well out of position and recovered to get there. Huge play for the team. Obviously, it worked out even better than we could have hoped. Um, like you said, the, the rule in place uh, where it goes from a ball on the one-yard line to a touchback for the other team and a turnover is stupid. Uh, spot the ball where they fumbled it. Spot the ball five yards back. Whatever it is. It doesn't make sense that we should get the ball there. I think the call was right last night. It was very incredibly close. Um, had they called it on the field the other way, I think the review shouldn't have been overturned. It was that close. I think there wasn't definitive proof um, in the replays to, to change the call. But, you know, we we needed a little bit of luck in that one to, to get us out with the win. And uh, I think last night is a good example of the best kind of loss that you can have. We got outplayed, uh, and we still got the W. And in, in fairness to the defense, too, it was three and a half quarters of really good defense, and then Kellen Mond happened, and again, uh, some type of voodoo magic that they were working with. But um, let's say this. Apparently, they don't. Hold, uh, one last thing that I have in my mind is that apparently they don't call holding in college football anymore. So I, I don't. You, there's like the luck thing that usually balances out, and then certainly I think you could say did in this one. But there's also the referees. I don't know if you want to tie that into luck, but uh, AM had a few things working in their favor, and uh, I think the fact that our guys were not or were getting held for a lot of the game uh, was one of those. And I'm not one to usually complain about referees, but. It was pretty blatant uh, when you when you when you saw the replay. There were a bunch of really blatant holds last night that did not get called. Um, I think that's going to be true of our team all season with the defensive line that we have. The refs are not going to be able to call holding every other play, which will happen. They will get held constantly. Um, so we'll see if that trend continues. But uh, I can't complain about the refereeing last night. It it uh, it all worked out. Agreed. So did you have any other closing remarks? I think that's it. I think uh, we'll take this W, and uh, no matter what it looks like now, I think it'll look better at the end of the season, and it's going to it's gonna always count as a win in the, in the record books. So we'll take it. We can now waltz into the playoff, uh, but in Clemson fashion, you know it will not be. There will be a couple more of these. Just knock on wood right after <laughs> you say that. NC State, they will need to miss a full goal uh, in order to win. But uh, we'll, we'll close it up, wrap it up here. Um, hope this has been helpful as people are, I think, trying to piece together in, in, in the midst of their hangover. They're trying to piece together what the heck happened. Uh, and hopefully it provides a little bit of clarity. We're still not fully. It's Things are still digesting. So uh, we'll come back on Tuesday, close the loop here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Again, if you don't haven't already, subscribe to us on SoundCloud uh, or your favorite podcasting app. And, uh, yeah, go Tigers.
Go Tigers.